Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a busy Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening uh, here with the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated beat writer Skylar Callahan. We're here with you every Tuesday uh, with a new episode. Uh, we were just talking off the mic that normally this is our off period, but with everything going on with the Panthers, uh, a lot of news to cover. We're just motoring along here. So definitely want to say thanks to everyone that stuck around with us that have continued to find us on all major podcast uh, platforms. And, of course, if you do not know, uh, Believe just mentioned or just announced uh, earlier this week that they had entered into an agreement with SiriusXM. So you, you're able to now hear us on the SiriusXM app. So definitely go download that. Uh, put it on your phone. If you are a subscriber to, to them, you should be able to hear our content as well as content from all 32 NFL teams that have a Believe podcast uh, that is now available. So shout out to Braun and everyone over at Believe. Um, they said that the show was one of the things that they used to kind of show what it was. So, uh, definitely, definitely, uh, big thanks to believe they're doing big things. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are trying to do big things. Uh, Skylar has been at uh, OTAs the past two days. Um, we'll get into some of that. Some new Cam Newton news just dropped a couple hours ago. We'll get into that as well. Uh, players with the most approved going into this, uh, preseason. We'll, we'll chop that up. Head coach Matt Rule had some comments regarding Christian McCaffrey and his future. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and whether we think it's a good idea or not. And finally, we we try to space it out from everyone else that was doing it at the same time. Uh, it's time for us to go through the schedule and kind of try to figure out how many wins this Panther team is capable of having or losses, you know, either way. Uh, we'll try to figure this out here. But before we get to that, uh, a word from our sponsor at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and use our promo code BELIEVE, which is B L E A V. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And where our podcast starts, as it usually does each week, is a look at Panther news from the week. And one of the things that just dropped here, uh, Skylar, maybe you can, maybe you heard some of this around OTAs. Maybe you can uh, tell us exactly what's happening here. Uh, it's being reported that the Panthers are reportedly open to signing former Panther quarterback Cam Newton for a reduced role and reduced salary. Still very much a possibility. Um, Jonathan Alexander from the Charlotte Observer reporting that uh, the Panthers are still open to bringing him back, 
but it would be for a considerably smaller salary than 2021. I believe, what did he get last year? Like 10 million, something like that, 8 million? It was, it was something around that neighborhood, 8, 10 million, something like that, yeah. So he'd have to sign for Smolna, and he would not be considered the starter heading into training camp. Um, Scott Fritter mentioned that they were still having uh, open communication with Cam. Uh, Skyler, uh, beat writer for the Panthers for Sports Illustrated, what have you heard on this front? Uh, let's just go ahead and get the Cam stuff out the way. Um, wh- where would you rate the odds of Cam Newton being in a Panther uniform uh, week one right now? Still very, very low, and I think that's really been the case this entire time. Jonathan's report has kind of been um, very consistent with what I've heard from from the past month or so. Um, it, it, it hasn't really changed too much, um, although that that is some uh, news that he dropped today with the reduced salary, reduced role, and stuff, which was, I, I guess, kind of a given already. Um, but now that really actually, said out loud, yeah, yeah now the first time they actually said it, reported out there. Um, so, you know, that, it doesn't come as a shock, I think, to anybody. But I, I still believe that they really don't want to bring Cam Newton back unless they absolutely have to. And what I mean by that is Scott Fitter has said since the beginning of this offseason that he wants to go get somebody that can push Sam Darnold for the starting job. I don't know if Matt Corral is going to be ready, even by training camp, to give them the confidence to to actually push him for that starting job. I know a lot of people are sitting here saying, yeah, he's got the talent. He's got the quick release. He's got this. He's got that. I'm just telling you, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be ready. Um, now, again, from what I've seen in rookie minicamp and OTAs, it's really hard to, to really gauge or judge anybody just because they're all in shorts. It's, you're not really getting a good feel for what they're capable of. But even then, you can still see that there's a bit of a learning curve. And Sam Darnold is clearly, without a doubt, much you know further along than Matt Crow. And he should be. He's got four years on him. So um, I, I would be shocked if Cam Newton's back. And I think that the best way for Cam Newton – or the, really the only way for Cam Newton to come back – like I said, is, is if Matt Corral doesn't get ready in time or if some of the other options that they feel out there aren't going to become available. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo comes back into play. Maybe Baker Mayfield gets released by the Browns. There's there's a lot that needs to unfold yet before I think we even get to Cam Newton. Speaking of that, um, that Baker Mayfield, Cleveland Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield, still in play apparently. Um, the Panthers, of course, more likely are to just wait for the Browns to release him than to trade stuff for him at this point. The draft's over. Um, they've, they've made it perfectly clear that they're not going to, they uh, being the Panthers, pay a whole lot of his salary when they've got an $18 million quarterback and Sam Darnold already on the roster that they're not very uh, sure of. Um, discussions with the Browns, other teams are probably going to continue. Uh, I'm, I'm curious if the Browns cut Mayfield. Um, it's a weird situation in Cleveland that Cleveland created uh, yeah. with the pursuit of Deshaun Watson. And uh, it, it appears, according to, to Jonathan, uh, that, that Carolina wants Cleveland to take on $13 million to $14 million of Mayfield's salary, which I do not see them doing considering they're paying Deshaun Watson $250 you know, million, and he may not even play this year. Um, thoughts on that? Has anything changed on the, uh, the Baker Mayfield front that you've heard? No, I mean, that's that's exactly accurate. Um, 
And it was it was really funny because yesterday or two days ago, some nunchuck on Twitter decided that had four four, four followers, by the way, mm-hmm. um, probably a burner account of somebody said <laughs> that I was a, an embarrassment to, to SI because I said in my article that uh, the Cleveland Browns could be forced to release Baker Mayfield, and he said that that was never going to happen. They couldn't do. They would never do that, dude. That- it's probably <laughs> the most likely freaking scenario to happen right now. Like, oh my gosh. There's two teams in the entire NFL, the Seattle Seahawks and the Carolina Panthers, that have showed any interest in Baker Mayfield. Neither one of them want to give up draft picks. Neither one of them want to pay the $18 million. So what do you think Cleveland's going to be forced to do? They're, They're not going to keep on the team. Like He's not going to be sitting there you know, backing up. Deshaun Watson, he's not going to start week one in Charlotte if Watson can't play. Like, I'm curious as to God's logic, whoever it was, as to why uh, they would not cut Baker Mayfield. I mean, seriously, like, okay, so if you're not going to get what you want in return and you don't feel comfortable paying 13 to 14 million of his salary for him to play elsewhere, like, if that gets out there to Seattle and Carolina, which I'm sure it has, Carolina and Seattle is going to be like, we're going to back off. We're going to be like, we're just going to wait until you are forced to dump him, and then we're going to go after him. So, like, why would you if you're Carolina or Seattle? You know you're the only two teams out there that are going to show any interest in him at all. So Cleveland did this. Cleveland Cleveland played themselves, basically, is what they've done. They they should have known going into it they were going to have to pay some of Baker's salary, and they played too much hardball with it. They could have got this done draft day, like – Literally, I feel like we're two sentences in a phone call from having Baker Mayfield instead of uh, Matt Corral. Like, literally, I feel like it, it was one of those type of things where it was like I mean, they just it just took some of the money off. Then Baker Mayfield would already be here, probably. Does not I mean when I tell you they were close, they were freaking close. Like, see, and were, that, that tells they, me that they like Baker Mayfield. Like, they, if they were that willing to get that close, they were very close to getting that deal done. And at the same time, we. Obviously, we've talked about this before, but Matt Rule was on the phone with Bill Belichick at the time. When they found out that they could get up to that New England spot in the third round, then they kind of held back on that Cleveland talk. And they're like, okay, let's let's go see, let's go get Matt Corral, and then we'll we'll revisit this later. And I think that's what they're doing. They're they're seeing how it looks in OTAs, in minicamp, uh mandatory minicamp, which is in, I believe, mid mid June. So they have this little evaluation period where Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, whoever else, PJ Walker, if they, you want to throw him in there too, I really don't. They, <laughs> they've got an opportunity to separate themselves or to to tell the front office and management, like, listen, you don't need to go get somebody else. I'm right here. I'm the guy. But if they don't do that, Baker Mayfield's probably still going to be on the Cleveland Browns by then, or he's going to be released. Same thing with saying uh, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo. Now he won't get released, but he'll still be on the 49ers. So there's one Jimmy, Jimmy just had now. Jimmy just had soldier, shoulder surgery, right? So like that's yeah. a little bit of a different situation than well, and Baker's uh, got a banged up shoulder too. So that, that is true. So maybe it is this. <laughs> maybe it's literally like shopping for for. <laughs> yeah, I just don't even want to go there, but for, for banged up goods, but yeah, we're like at the damage fright warehouse. It's <laughs> like looking through bins of quarterbacks trying to figure out what we can do to fill up the seats in our quarterback room. Um, it's crazy too because we're sitting here looking at the roster and we're like, man, this is okay. This is two years worth of work they've done on this roster, and the two biggest needs that they have 
are probably the two most important positions on the team. It's quarterback and middle linebacker. Like those are the two spots where we don't know exactly who's going to play them. And it's just wild that they've kind of figured everything else out, but this team still might stumble because of those two positions. So uh, do you think the Panthers are a playoff team with Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback? Yes. Uh, I'm I'm not happy about it, but but I guess based on what we've seen, I mean, Jimmy's not exactly – Jimmy's like the textbook uh, just, you know, game manager, quarterback, you know what I mean, to me. Like, he's not going to, you know, wow you with throws. He's not going to beat you with his feet. But he typically doesn't lose a game for you either. Um, I know people are going to point at that Super Bowl and say, hey, if he had made that pass, then they would have won. That was one pass out of, you know, 40 or whatever he threw. And and honestly, I blame – Shanahan for that loss because they just completely abandoned the run in the second half. Uh, the run was what was killing Kansas City. They couldn't stop it. And then for some reason, they got cute and gave Kansas City some time, and that's all it takes usually. So, uh, yeah, I think they would be. Now, if you asked if it was Baker, I don't know, and maybe that's the difference. Uh, See, I, I don't know if they're – I don't think they're a playoff team with Baker. And, I, and the only reason I say is because he's got a little bit of um, – an aggressiveness to him that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have. Yeah. I think sometimes that could come back to haunt him, the offense and give the ball to the other team. But this is exactly what I'm saying when I'm saying like Cam Newton is probably going to be their last resort because they're going to evaluate Sam Darnold Macaral. Now they don't like that. They're going to look at Jimmy Garoppolo. They're going to look at Baker Mayfield. They're going to look at other options. Um, Nick Foles was mentioned before he signed with the Colts. So, there's going to be a few other names that pop up before we get to Cam Newton. I feel like Cam Newton, if he were to sign, it would be something that would happen like literally right before the start of training camp. Which doesn't really do him any good because he's not in these OTAs or anything where the stuff's getting installed. So no matter what, he's going to start from behind if he comes yeah. in because <laughs> of just the, the they don't really need him. And I, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm one of the biggest Cam Newton fans on earth. And I've even moved on from Cam, like I saw it last year. I got my wish. He came home. You got the, you know, come through the tunnel, the smoke, the sparks and everything. Everybody goosebumps. Yay. And then he had the game and scored touchdowns. Everybody was happy for a week. That was pretty much, I think that was the the climax of Cam Newton's career. Like, to be honest, I don't know if he's going to have another moment like that first game back in Charlotte or that first game back that was on the road, actually, where he had the rushing touchdown and he had the passing touchdown. And I don't know if that happens again. And you can't really duplicate that again here. And like you said, the fact that he's still on the market, he was on the market last year when Carolina grabbed him. He was on the couch. It was like a month and a half into the season, it felt like, or two months plus or something. So, And, uh, and why would you, if you're Carolina, when you're, you're $18 million committed to Sam Darnold? And you just drafted him. You traded up to draft a quarterback. And you like, traded up to get a quarterback. Like, there's a lot of money and already invested in that position for two guys. Why out of third? I mean, uh, third quarterback should not be a factor. And that third guy is the one guy that might turn your locker room. You know, like he's the one that has something with him where guys follow Cam Newton. Like we've seen it enough. And that might be a little bit of what happened last year. Because uh, after a point, Rule just didn't even look down the sideline to put him in, like at all. At first I thought, well, maybe this has to do with bonuses or something. They're aware he's near a certain amount of playing time or something, so they're not going to play him. But then it was like, it just got to a point where it was almost comical where he just wouldn't even use them. So like, why would Cam come back to this 
if if it's still the same quarterback that rule was choosing over him when he was healthy as soon as he was healthy like he went straight to Darnold. there was no <laughs> there was no like debate about it it's like Darnold starting as soon as he can throw the football and putting him back in and the guy that they traded up for that apparently they were the highest on i just don't think it's a good i don't know i don't know if cam plays again to be honest i have no idea if he's going to ever play again in the nfl and he probably i'm wondering if he's starting to wonder that himself with it being may and he's still not attached to a team most teams kind of have their stuff in place at this point they know what they're going to go with uh injury is probably his best bet right now and even then it's going to be the has to be the right situation so we'll have to see from there uh matt, head coach matt roll did speak to the media today <clears throat> i did pull this clip uh that we'll play here now where um he was asked about Christian McCaffrey and we've talked about McCaffrey on the show weekly in terms of how he should be used. And he uh, had some interesting things to say about how they're planning on using uh, McCaffrey. Let's uh, take a listen here to head coach Matt rule. Where does uh, Christian McCaffrey fit in this year for you and how is he doing so far? I think uh, Christian's uh, done really well so far. I mean, he's adapting to a, you know, a new system, new offense. Um, you know, I, I think anytime Christian's out there, obviously he, uh, he changes, tilts the game, tilts the field. Um, you know, at the same time, I think, you know, we're trying to make sure we really invest in Chuba, really invest in Deontay and the other backs because, you know, we want to, we want to um, make sure that we do have a well-rounded offense. We don't want to run the offense through just Christian or through just DJ Um you know, we want to get production out of Terrace Marshall and Brandon Zilstra and Robbie Anderson and Shai Smith and all those guys. Uh, we want to incorporate the tight ends. And so I think uh, Christian's a, a chess piece that not many teams have. And uh, I think he's certainly um, focused right now. Uh, not, not like he hasn't been before, but he's focused on playing his best football. And I think, you know, we've studied, you know, after having two years, we've studied, hey, what are the best practices that we can do in terms of practice times and all those different things to uh, – to uh, you know, keep him as healthy as possible. Robbie, Robbie wasn't here. Obviously, this is voluntary. Was that at all concern? No, this is voluntary. You know, I'll stop it right there. That wasn't exactly the quote I was looking for, but uh, it came out that um, the Panthers are not going to play McCaffrey during the preseason this year, uh, and they're basically going to kind of change a little bit of how they uh, practice with him. Um, you got any more to add to that in terms of uh, what they're planning on doing with them? I have zero issue with him not playing in the preseason. They should have done that three years ago, to be honest. But I know that they that whoever asked the question, I want to say it may have been Joe. I think it was Joe Percy. It sounded like brought it up about him not playing in the preseason before, and he kind of mentioned like, yeah, that like, yeah, there's a reason why we did it and stuff. But I can't remember if he actually did say he wasn't going to play in the preseason or not. Now, if he if he doesn't, again, like you said, it's not going to shock anybody, and it's probably something they should do. I mean, there's no reason for them to be playing. But I think the one thing that they need to do is make sure that he's got enough reps on him going into the regular season because you can't have some of those, you know, whether it's even cramping issues or just any type of um, – I don't even know. Just just being in game shape, like you Soft have to injuries, stuff yeah. like that. So I think that there's it's a very fine line in terms of you know working him too much and not working him enough. So they've got to really straddle that you know very carefully um, because if not, then it's just going to be a repeat of the last two years. And if that happens, uh, we're probably looking at another top ten pick. So. <laughs>
yeah yeah i don't want to do that it's we're, we're entering year five of uh just like not great seasons pretty much well no they did make the playoffs in 2017 that was probably the last good cam newton year before he you know got hurt again but uh i i say treat mccaffrey like a quarterback if he's if he's a star we've sat here and said he's a top five sometimes top three overall player in the league now we that's up for debate now because we haven't really seen him in two years but uh if that's the case then then treat him like one like if he's if he's that valuable there's no need for him to be out there playing a series on a saturday in august against the steelers or whoever and run the risk of injury uh hell cam newton got injured in the third preseason game of 20 2019 Uh, 19 because it was will greer's rookie year right yeah yeah and and uh, against the patriots uh had the list frank injury so and that was unnecessary i think it was in the third quarter too or something like that so there was no reason uh from to be out there still and he had already been nursing would it even make sense i mean this is probably conversation for later down the road would you even play a guy like brian burns probably not i probably would keep i mean what what's the point I mean, DJ Moore probably ain't playing. Uh, Burns ain't playing. Nope. Uh, Chin probably sitting out. Um, yeah, like I literally, I'm I'm treating preseason like I need to see who my second and third string guys are. <laughs> like I, I already know who my starters are. I don't need to. I get it. People pay the regular price to come in here to watch a preseason game, but I, if I'm that rule, I feel no obligation to play my starters at any time during preseason. With the, with the amount of injuries he's had to deal with his first two years in the league, he's out here fighting for his job. He needs to uh, put some of these dudes in the freezer and just wait yeah. <laughs> until September and then roll them out. And I'll completely understand. I'm not really one of those guys. Eh, I take it back. I was about to say, I'm not really one of those guys that watches like preseason games or whatever, but I kind of am. With the Panthers, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll watch I'll watch the preseason. I'm that dude that's watching in the fourth quarter and it's like some fifth string kid that's not going to make the team. He's not even going to be on the team in three days. And I'm watching to see just a spark or anything. I think the only preseason I can think of where some dude came out of it from just preseason and turned into like a star is Victor Cruz, the, the wide receiver that played for the Giants. I can't think of anyone else <laughs> that's actually uh-huh. elevated out of preseason, almost walk on to uh, to that level. So I do – I understood, especially after last year, they're not going to run anything. Like it's all vanilla, so you can't really tell. The defenses are always ahead of the offenses – uh, it's so hit or miss. 50, 20 points scored in a game. Yeah, tonight. it's like, eh, like I, I might have now if they were going to play McCaffrey, I might have watched it to see how he looked. Uh, but I don't at this point, I don't need to see that. I know what he is. If he's healthy, he's good to go. Uh, and he'll make whoever's quarterback look better. That's the one thing that I've learned. He, he will be the security blanket for whoever ends up being the quarterback, uh, for the Panthers. Um, Sitting with uh, Skylar Callahan, beat writer for Sports Illustrated and co-host of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I am Desmond Johnson. You wrote an article uh, a day or two ago, if I'm not mistaken, about Panthers with the most approved during OTAs. And this was something that I thought was pretty cool uh, that you pulled some out. Because some of them are the same ones that I was thinking. If you had to choose out of all of them, who's the one Panther that's under the most pressure during this part of the offseason? Ooh. That's a tough one. Because you got a couple in here that are nominees, and I'm like, uh, which one? Hmm. Reread my list off to me because there, there's two different articles I was working on, so I want to make sure I got the right. So you've got uh, five Panthers with the most approved during OTAs. You've got Sam Darnold, okay. uh, wide receiver Terrence Marshall Jr., yep. uh, offensive lineman Brady Christensen, defensive end Yator Gross Matos, and linebacker Frankie Luvu, who I thought was actually a surprise pick. Um, yeah, so 
I would say probably the biggest one, and I and let's just take Shane Darnold out of the picture because I mean, we all know that situation. <laughs> to me, it's Terrace Marshall because this is a guy they drafted in the second round a year ago, thought could be a number three guy last year, potentially maybe even overtake Robbie at some point as the number two behind DJ Moore. He had injuries last year uh, when he was healthy, didn't really see the field much, wasn't involved in the offense. And this is kind of a weird situation because it's not like he didn't fit into the offensive scheme. It was literally the same guy he played for in college and Joe Brady. Mm-hmm. Like, just very odd. I mean, if you remember late in the season, he was a healthy scratch against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, like red flag. So it's almost like they don't know what to do with him. Like yeah. it, it feels like it was a Joe Brady pick at the time. And they looked at it like, well, Joe knows what to do with him. Hell, you just had a record-setting offense with the guy. Yeah. You know, it'd be no-brainer for us to go get him. And then they fire Brady in the middle of the season. So I would think they have some sort of plans for Terrence Marshall. Uh, to be honest, I think he would fit in fine in a Ben McAdoo offense. I think he could have a breakout year. It's just a matter of who's throwing him the ball. That's really what it is. It, all all <laughs> of these roads lead back to one thing, and it's the quarterback. The first guy on that list, Sam <laughs> The Darnold. first dude, Sam Darnold. And I did see – I didn't even look at it. It came across my ESPN app on my phone. I was driving in the car, and I glanced down at it, and I just kind of shook my head and kept driving. But apparently, uh, Sam Darnold said something today, the kind of wrinkled eyebrows, something about how he can be about. the best or something. Do I, I, you know what it was? I, <laughs> yeah, so – it was something about how the, the quarterback competition and how it's changed them, how it's given more energy or something like that. And it kind of got taken out of context because it basically he was just trying to say that like, yeah, I've got confidence in myself that I can still be a very good quarterback in this league. And somehow it got turned into how he believes he's one of the best in the league. I, I don't know how that happened, but. That's not what he was trying to to come across as. It was just how the the question was phrased. So I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously he's going to have confidence in himself. So what the hell is he supposed to say that you know I suck and I'm going to sit behind PJ Walker and <laughs> I'm not very good of a quarterback. I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, he's 17 and 32 as an NFL starter. Now, granted, the beginning of his career was with the New York Jets, and they were a dumpster fire. And, and some you could say the same thing now, really too. Yeah, I mean, nothing much has changed too much. So. He started off there, didn't have anything around him, got here. We saw what happened last year. Uh, the quote he said today, Sam Darnold, was, uh, quote, as long as I know what we're doing, what the defense is doing, I'm confident I can be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, and then Coach Rule behind him said uh, that Darnold is practicing with a, quote, edge that he hasn't seen before. And then Coach Rule said, what Sam has been through this offseason has been very hard. Your back's against the wall. Everyone's kind of questioning whether you can do this or not. We've seen a guy who has shown up who has a little more edge to him. He's very, very focused. Is that all smoke, or do you think there's a little little truth to that? Because, I mean, the dude's job is being threatened. Uh, so I would think he – you know, just to get to this point uh, in his career, you got to have some kind of grit or something to push – forward to get here not everybody makes the nfl and he, he is an nfl player do you think that uh sam darnold salvageable like do we do all this and maybe sam darnold actually turns to a decent quarterback with a line in front of him potentially um i i will say this as as much scrutiny as he's been under i don't think a lot of people give much thought to it just because you know they don't like the player or whatever but i think 
he has handled this situation extremely well. Like, oh, very I will give him that. Yeah, he could have been out here talking. He could have been Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, yeah. I, I asked him point blank today, like, what is your relationship with Matt Corral? Like, is it a good relationship? Do you do you t- mentor him, teach him, kind of stuff like that? Do you show him tr- tricks of the trade? He's like, yeah, you know, my, you know, Matt's been great, and he's like, obviously, there's a learning curve, but I'm here to help him show, you know, what to do, what not to do. So. Hmm. He took that very, very lightly, I think. I mean, yeah. well, not lightly, but I think he understands the situation. And it's only thing, and the thing that he continued to reiterate is that he can only control what he can control. And at the end of the day, he's right. I mean, he can't decide what Scott Federer does, what Matt Rule wants to do with that, that quarterback group. It's all about how he improves as a, as a quarterback every single day. And I will say this. Typically, when Sam Donald walks into the press conference room, it's kind of like very quiet, very just like nonchalant. All right, let's start. I, I don't know if this was just a one-time thing or what, but he had some like there was an exuberance about him. Like he walked into the room and was like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" Like he was like cracking jokes on his way up from the from the door to up to the podium. Wow! Like talking to the, the media, I'm like. The hell is this? This ain't Sam Darnold. I'm like, so maybe, just maybe, that time spent around Cam Newton Mm. maybe gave him some of that that confidence within himself, not to be cocky, not to or anything like that, but just believe in your ability. You're a starting quarterback in the NFL. Act like it, you know. Like he just felt more comfortable, and because like last year too. Now, obviously, this could be because it's May and not the middle of the season when they're on a four or five game losing streak. But true. Then he he seemed like very tight, didn't feel very confident to, you know, even talking to us in the, in the media, like he just didn't want to open up and was very dry with his answers. Today, I thought he was he was pretty good. I mean, now obviously he didn't give great stuff, obviously. I mean, that's still Sam Darnold, but he he just acted different. There was a different energy to him in the in the, at least in the press conference. So I mean that we'll echoes see. what Coach Rule was saying that he's got a you yeah. know different edge. He does. He and does. honestly, that was a that was kind of my knock on him. I said it a couple of weeks ago on this program that, uh, you know, one of the things that I didn't like about Donald was that he didn't have that, like that, that grit, that it factor that makes people want to follow him. Or I hadn't seen it. He hadn't displayed it where cam is just there. Like he can't help it. Like he walks in a room and it's just like people gravitate to him. And there's other people that are like that throughout the league, like a Lamar Jackson or a Pat Mahomes. Even the guy that they drafted. Matt Corral. Matt Corral, is, yeah, he's he, got that. He he it has been one of the, the biggest things that talk that they've talked about is how like on draft night, they said that one of the biggest reasons, or not the biggest reasons that they fell in love with him, but one thing that really kind of confirmed it is like they went to his pro day, he's over there throwing with guys and he didn't have to in a, in a period that he didn't need to throw. Like mm-hmm. the and how the team responded during the bowl game when he got that just god awful yeah, injury, how they yeah. all came around him like and I think when you spend time with Cam and you see someone like Matt Corral come in, you're like, okay, maybe this has got to push me a little bit. So maybe that is what Cam, you know, Sam Darnold needed was to have Cam around for a little bit, to have some competition, young competition behind him that's really going to threaten his job, maybe not immediately, but down the, down the road. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, it, it was very hard to gauge, you know, what these two guys are going to look like come – August because they're in shorts right now. Not much is being done, but I will say, like, there is a big, big, big learning curve with Matt Corral. 
He's got the quick release. He's got the mobility, all the athleticism that you want in the world. But when it comes down to it all, Sam Darnold still looks better as of right now. But that's, again, it's only day two of OTAs. So don't don't run with that and say, you know, Sam Darnold's definitely going to be the guy the entire year. And, and I do want to say to Panther fans, be very careful to not find yourself in a situation where you're rooting against Sam Darnold. That does not help this franchise at all this year or going forward, like to root for his downfall so that, you know, Corral can play or they bring Cam back or whatever it might be. Please don't. <laughs> Please pump the brakes on that because, I, like, I, with Corral or Darnold, whoever it is, I just want a competent quarterback. I haven't had a competent quarterback in, like, four years. And, and I'm seeing – it's just – if you're a Panthers fan, honestly, what you should be rooting for is to have a similar situation to the 49ers. Like, yes. you got a yes. young, good defense. You're rebuilding that offensive line. You've got weapons. And you just need a quarterback to not turn the ball over or screw the game up for you. Don't if Sam Darnold can turn into a Jimmy Garoppolo, that that would be phenomenal. They'd phenomenal. be a playoff team to me. I think they would be a playoff team. If he could – if if – Whoever the quarterback, if they can give me right under 3,000 yards passing, less than 12 interceptions, and near 30 touchdowns, I'm good with that. That's good yeah. enough. And, and McCaffrey's healthy all year. I got to add that in there. If he's healthy all year and we got somebody to hand the ball off to, and uh, it looks like they're going to do a running back by committee type thing with Chuba. Oh, we may have Chuba on uh, the podcast next week, so definitely uh, check our uh, Twitter accounts for that info. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that. Um, let me put this up real quick before we get out of here. We we were wanting to do our schedule prediction, which early, like a couple months ago, it's really hard to do because you don't know what the teams are going to look like. You haven't had the draft yet. Uh, a lot of times, well, the schedule wasn't even out. You just knew who they were going to play. You just didn't know where or when. The NFL is dominant year round in terms of just dominating the airwaves. It's amazing to me that they could turn something like the NFL schedule release into like a primetime event that everybody's talking about and dissecting through like different. And you already things. have the answers. You <laughs> yes. just don't know what, what order it's going to be. <laughs> it's, so, like, it's like getting 15 or I mean, 17, you know, gifts for Christmas and you already know what you're getting. You, you just don't know what you're going to first. Like. <laughs> so like, I just, I see it and I'm just like, man, everybody goes nuts over this. So we decided we're going to try to mark this here and see if we can figure out as it stands, and maybe we come back and do this again right before the preseason or maybe right after the uh, preseason, right before week one, and maybe try to go through it again and see if it changes at all. So let's see if we can get some type of unanimous record for me and Skyler here. Um, week one, Sunday, September the 11th, 1 o'clock tilt, the Cleveland Browns come to Bank of America Stadium. We have no idea who the quarterback is going to be for the Cleveland Browns on Sunday, September the 11th. I would bet a lot that it's not going to be Deshaun Watson on week one. Yeah, it's probably not. It's probably going to be Jacoby Brissett. But, you know, initially I was like, if it is Jacoby Brissett, then I think it's a winnable game, and it still is. But at the end of the day, like, if Jacoby Brissett doesn't turn the ball over, this is a still much more talented roster than Carolina has. So – like, I want to give the Panthers that week one win, but I, I just can't get there, even with even if it is Jacoby Brissett. I feel like Cleveland has underachieved the past year or so. Um, actually, I feel like this is a winnable game. If they were going to beat Cleveland, I would pick them week one, then like week 10. Uh, yeah. 
just because this is the healthiest we're going to be all year. Um, we know our defense is pretty stout. They're young. They're hungry. They added to it. Uh, McCaffrey's finally going to be back. I don't know who our quarterback's going to be week one, but I, I feel like whoever it is should be maybe more talented to whoever the Browns put out. I would actually go with the Panthers in week one. Plus, Matt Rule, the past two years, he's actually been okay the first couple of weeks of the year, hadn't he? Then he win his first his season opener, too? Uh, his first game, they lost to the Raiders at the very end. That's right. That's right. But but they did they beat they beat the Jets last year. I mean, obviously they went three and zero. Yeah. So it 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 always feels like they they start off okay the first like month and then they start sliding. Uh, and a lot of times it's because of injuries start piling up. And then of course the first year, rural staff was nothing but college guys. They they were kind of figuring it out. Last year, uh, or twenty twenty last year. Kind of a little bit of the same, but they really got hit with the injury bug about halfway through the year onward, especially like in the secondary. Uh, and they never fixed the offensive line until this offseason. So that became a, me- a mess, too. But um, are we are we because you went one way, I went the other. How do we decide these? If uh, should we just do like a coin flip? <laughs> like, because I don't I'll, I'll keep track of mine if you want to keep track of yours. So I'm yeah. going, I'm going, I'm going okay. to win. So I'm going, I'm going to win. All right. Week two. The New York football giants, uh, the Panthers go on the road. This is a one o'clock game. I'm always happy when the Panthers have one o'clock games. People were complaining about them not having primetime games. I'm like, why? We're usually not very good in them. Um, whether it's a late Sunday game, a Sunday night game, Monday night game, Thursday night game. Typically, the Panthers don't play very well in those. But if they play at one o'clock, they, they usually going to have a shot. So uh, your thoughts on Panthers traveling to New York to take on the Giants? Uh, well, last year's trip was just an absolute mess. Uh, that I can't believe how bad that performance was. They were backed up inside their own, you know, fifteen yard line, seemingly all game. I don't think it's going to be that bad this time around. So I will go with Carolina this time, uh, even with potentially, um, again coming off that week one loss. But I, I'll, I'll go Carolina here. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go Carolina here too, just because I think the Giants are a bigger mess than we all realize. Uh, I was never uh, convinced that Daniel Jones was a top 10 draft pick, and I'm still not. Uh, I forgot Saquon Barkley was even on the team. I, I imagine he'll be playing uh, week two, but we haven't seen him in two years either. <laughs> you know, we haven't seen him either. I don't even know who he's throwing to. Like, I don't know enough about the Giants where I feel like they should win this game. This should be a game the Panthers expect to win, uh, and they need to win these kind of games to make the playoffs. So I'm going to I'm gonna pick them with a win here. Uh, starts getting interesting week three divisional game, New Orleans Saints coming to Bank of America Stadium. I assume Jameis Winston will be the quarterback for the Saints in this matchup. It's uh, oh, one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. actually, you know what? I would welcome Drew Brees if they brought him in. I know that rumor was going around, but last the last time we saw Drew Brees, he couldn't throw a football eight yards. So, uh, if he wants to come back now after being out of the league for you know a year, come on back in here. Your, your, your coach isn't even here anymore, so come on, come on in here. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think even though I, I'm kind of contradicting myself here because I said even though without Jaco- or Deshaun Watson, the Browns have a better roster. The Saints, yes, they have a better roster, but it's early in the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one to, to the Panthers too. They had success against them last year early in the year. I think it was Week Two when Jameis and company came and, and they won that game. So I'll say they win this one. I'm going the same. I don't like how we've start, I've started three and zero. Here comes your slot. <laughs> yeah, here where is the slot? I'm waiting on the slot. Um, so we get to week four, first week of October. 
Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals come to town. It's not a one o'clock game. It's a four oh five kickoff. Uh oh. Yeah. Um, and almost for that reason alone, I'm going to pick the Cardinals because it kind of caters to them coming from the West yeah, Coast. Yeah, it really does. Why, why are we starting at four o'clock? I don't understand. Maybe it's like the uh, open the Cardinals out. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a Fox game. I'm wondering if it's like, no, there's no way that it's America's game of the week. You know, the one they play at like four o'clock or 14. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. It's like, why are they playing? Why are they playing uh, at home? At it it could just be to, to maximize the, the, the audience. I mean, if they're. I yeah, mean, I guess you're right. Because if they want some of the West Coast audience, they got to play them a little later anyway. Otherwise, I, it's what, like I'll say in the morning or 10 in the morning out there. Even though, again, Cardinals have a better roster, mm. that rule is 2-0 and against Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. So uh, he's had success against them not only in the NFL but in college too. He actually got Cliff Kingsbury fired from Texas Tech. So I'm going to go with the Panthers here, go 3-1. <laughs> and DeAndre Hopkins, let's not forget, DeAndre Hopkins won't be playing in this game. That's right. That's right. Man, this this doesn't feel right. This is not. I'm four zero right now. Real. It's about to get real here. <laughs> this, is not, this is not feel good at all. All right, here we go. Week yeah. five. <laughs> Week five. 49ers. Uh, another four o'clock game at Bank of America Stadium. They got two four o'clock kickoffs back to back against an NFC. Who made this schedule? Like, how does this right. help Carolina at all? You're the home team. Like, why? I don't. Ah. I'm going to say San Francisco is going to win this game, but. Um, I've got the Panthers losing to both San Francisco and LA, so that puts yeah. me three and three. Uh, and three. You know what? Well, actually, you know what? That game is. Oh, it's the Rams. I was thinking it was the Chargers. Yeah, the Rams at the Rams. It's a Good four luck. game. They're on the road. They got to go cross country. They just played the 49ers the week before. That's gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Loss loss so i'm sitting at four and two after six weeks and look who's on deck <laughs> the tampa bay buccaneers and tom brady week seven big old l it's at home it's a one o'clock game i just can't get there mm, he's 45 i mean he's, he's 45. He was 44 last year <laughs> <laughs> he probably, yeah, he probably should yeah, be good, so. man I cannot sit here and think that Tom Brady is going to play football at this level forever. There has to be a moment where we all look at each other and realize, okay, here it is. It's finally happening. He's stinking up the game. It took him to, to 49 or whatever it was, but I got to think that uh, – I don't see the problem is I don't know who Tampa brought back. Like who do they have on like offense that like, they're bringing back from the past two years? They still got, they re-signed Chris Godwin. They got Mike Evans back. Um, they brought they let Ronald Jones go, but they brought in another running back. I can't remember who it was. I think they re-signed Fournette, uh, didn't they? They got Fournette back. They're still low. They brought in Russell Gage from the Falcons. Yeah, the Gronk is still floating out there. I think he was saying something yeah. about Buffalo, but he could end right back up in Tampa Bay like in two weeks or whatever. Um the problem here is that I think the strength of the Panthers is their pass defense. Like, out of everything they have, their pass defense is the strongest thing they have. And if you can defend the pass, you can kind of disrupt Tom Brady and what he does. He's not going to take off on you. Matter of fact, him and Peyton Manning are similar where when they drop back, they're kind of in this four-step box. They don't really go out of it. They stay right there, and they just get the ball out. But it's every time I pick 
to win against Tom Brady, no matter the year, it never works. Uh, <laughs> so especially if it's my Panthers. So I gotta, I gotta go with the loss there. I guess it, that, that's sad. That's really more off of me thinking about 2006 Tom Brady, 2011 Tom Brady, not 2022 Tom Brady. But it is what it is. Um, and you already picked them to lose that game. So yeah. <laughs> uh, week eight, Atlanta Falcons, uh, night before Halloween, Sunday, uh, October the 30th. That game is on the road at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Matt Ryan no longer under center for Atlanta. Uh, it'll be Marcus Mariota. Yep. Um, maybe Desmond Ritter gets the job by then, but I highlight. Oh, they did draft Ritter. That's right. Um, well, it'll be about halfway through the year, so they could be going through. Atlanta's a dumpster fire. I'm giving. I'm giving us the the win there. I'll we, go ahead and, and put this out there since they're rematching two weeks later. I'll go with the lot or a win in Atlanta and a loss at home, which is exactly how it happened last year. Mm-hmm. It happens like a lot with them. Uh, it's hard to beat a team twice, especially when you're not very good yourself. So, and it doesn't matter if the other team you're playing, like Atlanta, is terrible. Well, that's what I was just about to say. What if they're worse than us? Like, shouldn't that matter a little? You should hope that, that they should sweep Atlanta, especially because you just probably went through that gauntlet. You got Seattle – or, I mean, not Seattle, Cincinnati sandwiched in here. Yeah. You're going to have to win these two games. But – I just don't see it happening. One way or another, they're going to have one of those ugly games that just goes absolutely wrong in every single way possible. Yeah. So I'm going to go one and one. one and they're one. going to go with the Falcons and lose to the Bengals. I can, I'm going to go with that too. So week eight so, is a win and week 10 is a loss. Uh, in between that. Four and five or no. I'm at. I'm at six and well, I haven't done week nine yet. Uh week nine, they get to take a trip to the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Cole, Joe Burrow. Uh, but again, the strength this is what makes it hard for me. The strength of the Panthers team is their secondary and their pass defense. So when I see all the and it's almost by design. Well, it is by design. They did this on purpose. So, you know, when I see a team that lives on, you know, throwing the ball, I look at it like, okay. A lot of people forgotten J.C. Horn's going to be back out there. Uh, it's almost like we got two number one picks this year, and he was kind of a shutdown corner. So if you see like a, a Jamar Chase or a Justin Jefferson or one of these young, exciting wide receivers that were tearing up the league last year, we got a guy that can put him on an island and go. And I think that's a game changer. I was not uh, as impressed with the Bengals as a lot of others were because I'm old enough – I'm 44. I'm old enough to remember – the Bengals being good in the eighties, like Boomer Esiason and Icky Woods and those guys. And then I also remember like 15 years of ineptitude by the same owner both ways. So it's like, I can't, I've said it before. I'm more worried that Joe Burrow is going to be Dan Marino 2.0 where he gets to the Super Bowl in his second year. Everyone's like, Oh, he's going to get back like eight, nine more times. And then he never gets there again. And I feel like if there was a team in the NFL that could accomplish that, it's the Bengals. <laughs> like the Bengals could do that. So this is one of those games where I feel like Carolina could win it, but they're not supposed to. Like they could go up there and just play one of those weird games where they win like 19 to 16, game. you know? You, you got to have some games like you said. You know, this could be a winnable game. And like I said, losing to Atlanta at home is possible. Like, right. Yeah. Maybe some I, crazy crap that happens. 
damn it, I'm gonna pick the Bengals to, to lose that game. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Panthers to win on the road against Cincinnati. Well, see, this is May 24th. All right, so when we come back, yeah, on uh, December 6th, <laughs> or December 7th. I'll remind you that. One. Yeah, yeah, please. Please November do. 7th. November 7th. So at this point, we're 10 games in. I'm sitting at one, two, seven and three. Jeez. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but <laughs> it made sense. No, we through it. It I mean, their losses are to Tampa, the Rams, and the 49ers. Yeah. I've got them four and six right now. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. So week 11 at Baltimore. It's a one o'clock game. It's in November. Um, hmm. Baltimore's got like 20 players coming back from injury. It feels <laughs> like they've got so they, many dudes. They had a dang good draft, too. Like, yeah. the best draft. They always have a good draft, it feels like. I mean, Ozzie Newsom isn't even there anymore. They, it feels like they always draft really, really well. Lamar Jackson's entering the peak of his powers right now. What's Lamar like, 26, 25, something 20, like that? 27? 26, I believe. And this is a contract year for him, too. Like, he's probably looking at $300 million if he can – you know, do Lamar Jackson things, and there's no reason to believe he could. He gets hurt again. That's the key. That's the thing. Although I like their backup. I actually wanted the Panthers to kick the tires on their backup. Currently, yeah, but never came up. He might not have been available because I haven't heard of anybody been able to get him because I thought maybe Seattle would try to go after him. Uh, I'm going to go with the loss here. It just, yeah, I don't think the Panthers are at that level yet to go into Baltimore and win against the Ravens. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with a loss here too. This is just a physical team. And yes, that's what Matt Rule wants to establish, but they're not near the physical, near the level of physicality they need to be to go yeah. win that game on the road. I, I haven't seen enough to now we can go do that because I had them losing to the 49ers. It's kind of the same situation. So I do have them losing to the Ravens, but Desmond, here, here's my damn it. I'm going to have the, the Denver Broncos lose because mm. I'm not sold on this team. Everyone wants to write. You know, pencil in, sharpie in, whatever the Broncos as going to the Super Bowl because they got Russell Wilson. Last time I checked, that roster still isn't that good. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's decent. I, I couldn't even tell you the number one receiver. It's Jerry Judy's kind of – is he really uh, number one? Uh, I don't think so. In their offense, I guess. They've got somebody – hold on. I just don't see it. I, Desmond, they may be the fourth best team in that division. I know. that That's crazy. Like, that is not. I, I just I think this is a good opportunity for the Panthers to bounce back, go into the bye week, regroup, and they see that schedule ahead that it lines up nice for them. They got Seattle, Pittsburgh, a couple of teams that they can beat. I, I think they beat Denver. Uh, they've got Javante Williams at running back, um, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, and Cortland Sutton at wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, Albert, I can't even pronounce his name. Aquawood, Aquabunam, or however you say. Aquabu, I think that was it. Actually, Aquabunam. Uh, I don't even know who that dude is. Um, he's the starting tight end. The defense is supposed to be pretty good. They got Bradley Chubb, uh, Randy Gregory signed over there from uh, Dallas. Ronald Darby's over here. Uh, you know what? You're right. I'm looking through this roster. I'm like, why is everyone so high on this team? Uh, Vegas is better than them. LA's better than them. Kansas City sure is hell better than them. Uh-huh. They're gonna finish. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna finish higher than fourth in their own division. I'm you know what? I'm with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the the Panthers is at home too. It's uh late in the year. It's uh, a one o'clock game. It's a one o'clock game. 
Um, it's right before the bye. We had a really late bye this year, week 13. Yeah. Um, I think it was week 13 last year, too. They, they've kind of stiffed the Panthers a lot. Yeah, time. they don't they don't like us very much. I'm, I'm going to say when. They're going to beat the Broncos in week 12. I'm and then we get to – 11 at the bye. I am at – let's see. I'm at eight and four. You got to think one, two more wins get you in the playoffs with you with your schedule. Yeah, uh, and hmm. and that's it's actually starting to get interesting because week fourteen after the bye, you go across the country again to play Seattle, who do, they do not have a quarterback. Actually, Seattle that feels like that could be a win because I don't even know who they're going to throw out there. I don't know who the quarterback is. I don't know. I don't know who anybody except for uh, DK Metcalf really. It's probably going to be Geno Smith. Um, oh, I'm writing a win down early, early in the year. <laughs> early in the year, <coughs> it should be Geno Smith. But I do think, should they struggle, we might be seeing Drew Locke in this game. Because if they're oh. forced into week 14. Come on in here. <laughs> they're losing games. They're going to make a change at quarterback. So, yeah. it's probably going to be Drew Locke by that time. And I still say win. And I, and I think they're going to beat the Steelers, too. Oh, this frightens me because I just peeked down. I shouldn't have did it. I looked down at the bottom of the schedule. <laughs> and I'm just like, hmm. Uh, I got week 14 win. Week 15, Pittsburgh Steelers, you said, and that's at Bank of America Stadium. It's a 1 o'clock game. I, I, I rescind that. I, I think I think the Steelers win that game. Well, who's the quarterback? That's, that's the a Steelers? game where the defense just just absolutely harasses Sam Darnold. So, yeah. If it's even Sam Darnold in week 15. Yeah, it, or Matt Corral. Might be Matt Crowell. So, <laughs> Walker. Oh, I have no idea who's going to be by that point. Is it going to be Mitch Trubisky or is it going to be Kenny Pickett by that Exactly. Point? Yeah. Like, we don't even know who the Steelers quarterback is going to be, especially by week 15. Kenny Pickett probably would be out there by then. It's at home. It's a one o'clock game, but I do agree. Um, Steelers defense would probably be harassing. This is one of those where you got to kind of know. Oh, something just happened here. Oh, it switched to the, it switched to the schedule release video. How did it? How did, oh, I see. Um, I think you're – yeah, I'm wanting to pick losses because I feel like this team can't go, uh, you know, 13 and four or whatever <laughs> I'm heading towards here. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, that, I'm I'm going to say loss for loss to the Steelers. Yeah, uh, I'm going to bounce I, back here. This is a, a win against the Lions. Lions but yeah. I will say tread lightly because Dan Campbell is building something, and I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with here in a few years. Um, they've got some nice pieces. They're getting – much better up front, obviously. So, and, and Jared Goff's not a bad quarterback. Everyone wants to, to say that he's right. Sam yeah. Darnold. He's not Sam Darnold. <laughs> no, no. He, he, I will go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, I do have it as a win for Carolina. And then week 17 at Tampa Bay. Um, depending on who's playing in this game, probably. Although, I mean, next to last week, I would imagine there's probably still stuff to play for. Uh, yeah. It's at Tampa. I'm yeah, I'm probably just going to say Tampa's going to win that game. Uh, and I watched Tampa come out and be a dumpster fire and be like 5-12 and 12 or whatever this year. And Brady doesn't even make an announcement. He just doesn't come back. He just leaves. He retires <laughs> on the bye week. <laughs> yeah, just puts out a tweet or something, and we just don't even see him again. Uh, and then week 18. I'm drafting week 17. But no, I, I... – <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go uh, with two losses to end the year. So that'll put me at seven and 10 to the saints. That game. Well, based on my record here, that game may determine if the Panthers hell might win the division off of what I, the nonsense I've done here on my, uh, <laughs> on my notebook. Homie. Now, if it happens, you're going to look like the most brightest. <laughs> genius in the world, so. 
I've got him at 10 wins going into week 18. Um, and that's a win. I do not trust Jameis Winston. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. Especially, here's the thing people aren't talking about. Everyone's talking about how Jameis Winston had a, was starting to have a turnaround a year last year before he got hurt, which is true. Sean Payton was on the sideline. Sean Payton's not there anymore. Like, that's the biggest difference that I can think of really in all of the NFL. Like, a lot of times the Saints get picked for things because of who their head coach is and what he's shown. He's not there. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with the Saints and the, the new regime. I can't even remember the new head coach. Uh, that's right. So, I, I'm – I'm, I'm going to pick them to win that game. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to sweep the Saints, if I'm not mistaken. You got so hard not to. <laughs> I, I really don't. So I've got them at 11 and 6. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got them at 11 and 6. And I've got them just, I mean, it doesn't sound like it's super bad because the Panthers technically have the third easiest schedule in the NFL based off the last year. But again, I hate that stat because none of these teams are the same teams last year. So there's no way to really say, you know, you're playing the same people. But if they if they win nine games, which is obviously above 500, uh, playing 17 games, do you think that just gets rid of all the fire Matt rule stuff, or do you think still think it's there? I think they got to make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I think I even if, even at nine and eight, you're still gonna have that portion of the fan base that's mm-hmm. like. Hornets with James Rago. Yep. Like, yeah, we made progress, but there's these two games right here where if we would he would have done this. He did this with the clock and we didn't understand it and blah, blah, blah. Or why are you using McCaffrey this way? There's always gonna be the Panther fan base is notorious for that. There'll always be a pocket that'll find something wrong with whatever they're doing. Even in the 15 and one season, there were people that were mad that they were posing for pictures on the sideline and dabbing and, and having fun. Like there were people complaining about Cam Newton handing footballs out to the crowd. Like there's always somebody. You can't please everybody. Um, I'm, I'm looking back through the schedule t- just to make sure, like, I haven't started drinking yet or anything. Okay? Like, <laughs> I'm just sitting here like, how did I get to 11 and six with this team? But looking at the schedule and the way it, it shapes up, especially the first six weeks, if they can get through the first six weeks at four and two, the, the main meat of their schedule is right there, four, five, six, Arizona, San Francisco, Rams, Tampa. Yeah. That's, I mean, from week four through seven, that's the rough patch. If they could come out of that with, how, what did I have? I have them beating the Cardinals, losing to the 49ers, losing to the Super Bowl champion Rams, and, and then I have them beating Tampa. They've got to get through, scroll back up real quick. They've got to get back. They've got to get at least two or three wins in those first four. Yeah. Because if you're anything below, if you're one and three or zero oh and four, heading into that stretch of games, I mean, Matt Rule was probably done by week seven. I that, mean, that's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, and then you've got Ben McAdoo sitting right there and, waiting and, to step in. So yeah, or Steve Wilkes or Steve, you know, I forgot Steve Wilkes is back. Like, there's, there's, this is a big, big stretch of games. If they can knock out Cleveland. Steal one, well, not steal one, but do what they should in New York. Steal one from the Saints. You don't have to worry about DeAndre Hopkins. So if they if they if they can get That's to up. three and one, yeah. if they can get to three and one, and then scroll down just a little bit to that five, six, seven weeks. So if they can go three and one in those first four, 
then as long as you don't go zero and three in these three, mm-hmm. then I think you've got a chance. Just staying afloat, pretty much. So you get to about the midway point. It, it does hurt okay. them that they're by so late, but uh... I mean, because look at that. I mean, you go if you can go three and one, and let's let's say you go one and two, and the and that three in that game of uh, that three stretch, that, that three game stretch, you got Atlanta coming up two out of the three next weeks. Yep. So I mean, this is tremendous opportunity. The schedule really does set up for them to do something really if they can stay healthy. Get out of that who the quarterback that is. They gotta get out of that gauntlet. If they get out of that gauntlet, I think they've got a chance to potentially I I, I still feel weird saying this, potentially get to the playoffs. We're, well, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna put a pin in this and uh <laughs> we'll come back after week four of the preseason. So that first show right before week one, we'll come back and do this again and we'll see if uh We'll see if this matter of fact, let me I need to put this someplace. <laughs> I'm well, gonna drop is facing his former team in week five. We'll know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Baker, Baker Mayfield week one. I'm gonna put May 24th, 2022, and I have him going 11 and six. Okay, where did you end up? Seven and ten. That sounds more likely. <laughs> I would believe that before I'm like, oh my gosh, eleven and six. What happened, Matt Rule, coach of the year? Like that's yeah. literally what happened. If he if he turns this team into an eleven and six team and they win the NFC South oh, next man. year, he's making it to every bit of those seven years. You better dang. Oh yeah, hell, Rule might you know, Rule might get an extension. <laughs> he might get an extension before we get out of here. Now he's on a ten year deal or something, and then the whole oh, thing falls apart. Um, we're good to go here. We'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, again, we may uh, have Chuba Hubbard with us uh, next week. We'll give you some updates on that. Of course, all the Panthers news from the week. Uh, follow Skyler on Twitter for the latest Panther news during the week at Callahan underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Dez underscore 3505. That's D-E-Z underscore 3505 or at Tobacco Radio. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.